Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm Chase. And I'm Timothy. And this is Customer Service. Bondo Brondo. As, uh, as I was waiting for you to do the thing where I waited for you to say good evening to Kyle or whatever, I was thinking, Brondo, Bondo Brondo. I was like, shit, I haven't said that. That is how we landed on Brondo. Yep, it's the same, it's the it same line of thinking. Quando Rondo, or maybe, long story short, I love Quando Rondo. And <laughs> Just to get this out there. <laughs> to get this out there. But anyway, the, before we go too far, because this is what I typically do when we run intros, <laughs> we are running an intro for a friend of ours, a special yep. guest, a person that we've been around for a long time since the store started. Yeah, pretty much like since... I don't know how it was very cl- soon after we opened that we connected with him. So I would say when I started working at Canoe Club, which was five to honestly four to five months after the shop opened proper, mm-hmm. I think the beer was already in the fridge. Yeah, the branded beer. Yeah, so we, we, you guys, we did you guys that. have had a relationship with Dan went, for a long, yeah. long time. Yeah, he's been awesome. He's always been awesome to work for, like I mean, work with, and he's been, you know, it's he obviously supports what we do at the shop. Yeah, and you'll, you'll hear a understands, lot about that. yeah, like like what we do, and we understand what he's doing. And it's yeah. it's a very like uh, symbiotic relationship with like, and and then you know he's like he's like an entrepreneur, so it's like yeah, he just like you know he gets it. It's just a perfect so. example of like what we've been so fortunate to do at Canoe Club, which is like make legitimate friends like yeah. legitimately get to know a person over yeah. years and years of them coming in and he'd bring us beer and he'd buy some shit you know and- i'll get like business questions all the time it's like how do you find the people that want to shop with you and i'm like we don't you build it and they'll come yeah. you know yeah. what i mean because yeah. they're looking you know what i mean yeah. just the same way i'm looking for a certain type of beer or whatever mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. obsessives find each other so yep. Yep. this is us finding another obsessive yeah <laughs> yeah and uh you know so he loves clothes he's got one of the best dogs in the world oh my um, god we didn't even talk about joe i know he should have uh and uh you know so we get into it like you know how he got started and he's got this very like he's had all these interesting jobs and interesting career mm-hmm, paths mm-hmm. and he's now you know the way we met him was through beer you know which yeah. was his, his company Finkel and Garf and and that's something we hear most from our community and the doing the pod and other guests is like a lot of people are always curious like man it seems like you've had a really interesting career path whether they're talking to you and I or somebody else and sure it's a perfect example of just like be around talk to people fucking Figure it out. I think everyone wants – I think there's this assumption. I think you're sold this assumption when you're young that, like, you do certain things in a certain order and you get to a place. And that's it. So you have to figure out what that order is. And it's like, dude, there's – I don't know any person that's successful or interesting that has a single origin story. And it's pretty much like – I mean, other than that I've liked fashion my whole life, that's the only blinking thing Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, you, you listen to his story and it's the same thing. It's just, you're just a certain type of person. Like, cause I think that we're, we're all very similar, yeah. even though we're different and we do different things, the way we go about them, the way we think about them, the way yeah. we are interested in them, it's all the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's not, we always do this. We go too long in the intro trying to, you I can know, talk more about Quando Rondo if you want, but yeah, if you want to jump back in on my nickname progression over the years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and no one called me by the name I grew up with. No, but so we're way far away from that one. So let's get into it. It's Dan Garfinkel. He's the man. Let, let's go. Yeah, let's just hop right into it. Dan, are you are you like a a, a tech savvy guy or no? Because <laughs> I feel like you like do stuff in tech or yeah, done stuff um, in tech, so I feel like you're at least you're at least familiar with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're like a a gear guy. Yeah, I like gear. I am techie in the gear category and like my TV. But I'm not, and I, I understand like a lot of tech related things just from like previous work and working with engineers. But I cannot code, and like I'm not a gamer even in the slightest. Um, like you didn't even I, grow up with it or anything? Yeah, I played like Tony Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gold, GoldenEye, that was like yeah. the extent of it. But like when I couldn't win, and you know, and Mario Kart, and I kept getting my ass handed to me. And Goldeneye, like, you kind of just stopped participating. As soon as, uh, as soon as you weren't winning, it was just like fuck it. Yeah, I mean that's the same thing. I mean, you guys have seen me. I'm not exactly the tallest guy in the room, and uh, you know, there was there was a time in my life where I was kind of like the big tall guy, and that was in like. Fourth grade. <laughs> so you were you were crushing in fourth grade. Yeah, fourth grade. I could play all the sports, uh, and then uh, I sort of like I've had the same shoe size since I was in sixth grade. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, I've ten ten to ten and a half depending on the shoe. And, uh, I don't actually know when I had like a growth spurt at all, to be honest with you. Like, I don't remember when I, there wasn't like a grade where I was like, I really blossomed then. Yeah. yeah. I when was, did, I didn't, they call it a glow up. Yeah. I didn't. When did you I glow up? <laughs> I, like my twenties maybe. Yeah. I don't think I had a, I don't think I, I don't think that I had a proper growth spurt until college. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I was I the like, smallest in my friend group forever, forever, ever. Yeah, and I was like, I I was pretty like I was very thin and pretty small, but like it was good. I played soccer, so that was like a positive. Yeah. And yeah. then when I did get like stronger because we'd like train and stuff, it was just like I was still the same, just stronger, just yeah. littler. You know what I mean? So, but it was like a, it was like a positive for what I did. It, it Shifty, and, so it didn't matter because yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna play like basketball or anything. I mean, we we played when everybody played like in yeah, middle school. Yeah, but as soon yeah. as like it gets to high school and you see like one kid dunk, you're like, never mind. I yeah. just wasn't. Yeah. It's not for me. <laughs> we, we played. We played one school named Harvey. The kids were all tall and much more athletic than us, much more gifted. And I remember in the beginning, you're doing like layup drills you know what i mean yeah. just warming up this that and the other and you you go you do your layup and on, as you're walking back you're watching the other team on the other hoop and warm up and i saw this kid lay up tap the backboard and i was like what the fuck are we doing here i was in i was in ninth grade and i was yeah, like they're like doing what it in are street we clothes doing? and you're like yeah, oh, yeah never, no, mind. never mind never mind never mind we'll we go don't home. even need to play this we could just shake hands yeah, listen yeah, to some yeah. music yeah. Head, head out early <laughs> grab a powerade yeah yeah we'll save you the time and me yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's move yeah. along now did you play sports growing up 
Yeah, I played all the sports, basketball, soccer, baseball. But, you know, similar to what Chase was just saying, like, I quickly learned that, like, I had no business playing basketball. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not that short. I'm, like, 5'8". You're like, yeah, you're, like, normal, you know? yeah. Like, 5'8 yeah. on, on a good day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and if I'm wearing my wallabies, then, you know, 5'8 and a half. But, we'll take it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know- actually, it's funny. I was I, in college – uh, well, I don't know if I should. Well, whatever. Screw it. Uh, I was <laughs> I'm digging in the wallabies, and I remember going out, and I went to Indiana, and it was a big party school, and a lot of drinking and whatnot. And I brought this girl home, and uh, we had kind of like been friendly before, but whatever. Anyway, and I brought her, brought her home, and I had like a thing like I like I don't like shoes like in my uh, in my house. Like mm-hmm. take them off, you know they've been outside, and so keep I a get, Japanese home. Yeah, something like that. And uh, I took my shoes off, and she kind of looked at me, and she goes, "Oh, I didn't know." That. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, well. I, like, hey. I looked at her. I go, "Well, you're here now." She goes, "True." So whatever. We had <laughs> the, <a good> wall- <laughs> the Wallabies really helped seal the deal. I mean, this the is wall- a, this is really a glowing review for Clark's right now. Yeah. You know, anybody who is a uh, five eight and under, I recommend a pair of Wallabies. <laughs> Can't they'll help. really yeah, get yeah. you. They'll get you across the finish line if you need yeah, to. Yeah, that, 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 they'll at least help you get her back home. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the line. They'll at least yeah. help you get her back home from there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you want to on your tippy toes yeah. or <laughs> yeah. the, the, position the yourself on a tall to rug. Get yourself horizontal as quickly as possible from yeah. there. You know, oh see, the, the selling point of the Wallabies we're getting at, too, is also what I found to be the biggest risk for me to wear the Wallabies was my ankles are bummier than shit. Both of them, my right one, as, mm. as we to all know. To be fair, he was wearing normal shoes in Japan and still rolled his I, shit. I was wearing was a Birkenstocks, problem. bro. They might as well have been, you know. You can't get I any flatter and wider. Flatter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize you're so fragile. I have I have very <laughs> very dainty, weak, poorly conditioned ankles. They have been just beaten down over the years of soccer, basketball, tennis, skateboarding, snowboarding, mm. fucking and and I've just trampolines. You, you know what I mean? Huh? Are you accident prone? No, just my ankles in particular have taken a beating. Taken a beating. I think I'm, you know, knock on wood, pretty. Have you have you have you ever done like a gait analysis or evaluated the way you walk? No, no, not at all. No, I bet, be I bet it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be interesting. I don't but, know that uh, I've ever spent time looking at the way you walk, but you might have something. There might be something in the way you walk that is. Uh, causing these frequent ankle injuries well that's definitely a possibility i'll say i hardly have ankles how some people have like you know when some people are wearing no shows and they have like a nice it looks like a nice strong ankle and you could see the achilles and all that you know what i mean that's not that's not mine mine's just <laughs> swollen <laughs> it's not like it's just, ankles it's just sort of like look, i know more, what you mean as yeah. you're saying it it's almost like they get like they taper down like a toothbrush yeah before before mm. you get a foot but just slightly it's mm-hmm. like yeah. it's like yeah. shin foot there's no shin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah he's yeah, got yeah, shin yeah. foot yeah yeah there's there's yeah. ankles there if you look but they're not necessarily <laughs> <you> defined <laughs> but wait dan question i i want to ask this question that i would love for you to kind of briefly introduce yourself to anybody who might not know you but are, are you on the subject of gate are you uh 
Are you familiar with Gates? Is this a, a thing that you've studied in the past? No. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had some some other information. I, uh, you came you came off you came off like you sort of like you didn't have more information though. Well, to here, be honest with you, here's what I can tell you about Gates. <laughs> I, in my limited experience in Gate analysis, I went to. There's a period in my life where I thought I needed to go buy you know go go running. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, of course, me being me, when it comes to doing activity, I need to go get the equipment first because. You know, look that's the whole point. Right. The whole point is the gear. Yeah, and that was like where I was stoked about. So I thought I needed to do some running, which I did, and and it was definitely something that was I needed to add to like my life routine. Uh, so I went to this running shop and started looking, and they said, "Well, before you pick out a shoe, we should do a gait analysis." So I ran on a treadmill, and they watched how I ran, and they. Based on the way I was running, they made suggestions on the shoes that would be best to account for the way I ran and the way my foot hits the ground. Yeah. Like, are you rolling? Are you coming down on the ball of your foot? You know? Yeah. Or yeah. like, if you're pronating too much to the inside, they kind of want to counter that. So you want a stiffer section, like on your back, the inside heel uh, yeah. of the shoe you want a little. So, I did that, and then uh, I had a buddy who was a chiropractor, and I had some weird pain, like in my, um, like right on the top of my foot, like on the top of the arch. Mm-hmm. And he basically was like, "Let me watch you walk," and he watched the way I walked and how my foot pronated, and then looked at the shoes I was wearing and noticed that I had worn through. I. I used to wear a lot of new well i still wear a lot of new balance but um what is it the 504s 574 mm-hmm. 574 yeah, yeah, that's yeah, your yeah. Shoe. yep um 504 so the 574 i've gone through you know dozens of pairs of them and uh i had worn through the sole in a way that it was causing my foot to do something weird and that was ultimately hurting my foot Huh. Interesting. Now, let me ask you a question because I've thought about doing this before because I have, I have an alternate approach with any sort of like activity that I take on. And it's like, first, I want to prove to myself and to others that will never see it that I can do the same activity in just like jeans and a T-shirt. So whenever <laughs> I like begin something, I'm like, I'm not going to get anything for it. I'll, I'll, I'll go running in Converse and cut off shorts and a t-shirt just yeah. to prove that I could start doing it that way. Yeah. And then you start and then you have to get in the gear. I've never gone down the road of custom insoles and stuff because this is my thing with having like OCD too. As soon as I have felt the difference, I, I'm going to need it in every single yep. shoe. I'm not going to change the insoles. Uh, there's no chance. So I'm going to need to get it for every single pair of shoes expensive. I have. And they're not, yeah, they're not cheap. So do you change? Have you do? You, did you stick with it after you had it done, or you just you checked it and now you have the information and you just wear normal shoes the rest of the time, or do you put do you put the insoles and in everything? The multi pronged answer here, based on a couple of things you just said. In short, Thank you. perfect. <laughs> no, I do not have insoles. I just got a new pair of five seventy fours, and yep. <laughs> <laughs> now as soon as good enough soles... stock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the soles are like pretty close, I'm like, all right, time to get a new pair. Just get a new one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did put a really, 
I have a pair of Red Wing, uh, the Mocktoes, um, yeah. that I put in a really nice insole in, and they're now incredibly comfortable. I actually bought them at the Red Wing store in Boulder. I, I think I think they closed now, but the guy yeah. recommended it. I just stuck them in there. Chase, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Dan, I was going to say, I, that, I think you know, but I worked at that Red Wing in 2014. Yeah. yeah. So I... I moved here. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone in until like 2017. Yeah. But I got, I got a pair of mock toes in the uh, black Klondike where it's like the mm-hmm. brown with the black polish on top. Yeah. So as you wear it, it reveals that yeah. tannish reddish brown underneath. It's really exactly. cool. Yeah. They're pretty slick. Um, yeah. But I got these insoles for them that are super comfortable. And then the last piece of this puzzle, the third prong on this fork, on the topic of playing sports and going out there in jeans. Uh, I adopted that for pickleball. And as you guys know, I play a lot of pickleball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would show up to the courts with like a King Supers plastic bag and Sick. like two balls in it and yep. like a paddle yeah. sticking out. Yeah. And that's how I would show up. Uh, and I, that's the way I would just show up like that and play for probably like the first like three or four months I played pickleball. And yeah. then, uh, and then I moved to like this tote bag. You know the L.O. Bean tote? Sure. Of course, brother. Bone tote, baby. Of course, right? So I, I had one of those. I had them made for, for one of my for the my company uh, in New York. So I had this just black tote that said small talk on the side. <laughs> and yeah. I carried that. And then I dated this girl who basically was like, look, Dan, uh, if you're going to come out and play pickleball with me, like, she's really good. And, uh, you got to suit like, up? You got to like – get a real bag so i'm gonna be up front with you i still think the alternate version is cooler like the guy that comes and smokes everyone on like a tennis court pickleball court basketball uh-huh. court whatever it is and he's doing it in like jean shorts and a, and a beater yeah like that's that's cool it's, it's it the equivalent cooler. it's the equivalent of the kid showing up to the ymca for for pickup you know and he mm-hmm. plays in his still squeaky shoes that he wore into the ymca and he's hustling he's out hustling you up and down the fucking court just Oh. Cool, cool as can be, and then when he's done, he just leaves. He doesn't yeah. have to fuck around, get changed, do all that. He's just going home. I probably agree. get probably getting in his Nissan Maximo at cut springs, you know, what yeah. I mean? just like just doing his <laughs> <And> thing. <he's> off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, I do think there's. It's kind of like anytime I see anybody doing any activity, especially like, and there's a lot of it in Boulder, as you know, where they've got a lot of stuff on. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. always like, I could do it. I guarantee, I can. I could just cut off whatever pants I'm wearing now. I could do the same activity. Yeah. No question. Also, Dan, real quick, and then again, I, I do want you to do an intro. We've been spinning here. <laughs> well, and just to be clear, we Dan, we do <laughs> an intro, intro up front yeah. before we get into. It. It, so we yeah. kind of just we and this is the I'm good. I, I believe that people honestly only want to hear people talk about this kind of stuff yeah, anyway. Whatever, like, like, but 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 yeah, let's give let's give people a little context. Yeah, yeah. and plus, but, I think your your job is very interesting. Yeah, so. but in regards to carrying shit around in bags, this and that, I had a buddy <laughs> long ago who uh, in regards to carrying bags. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I had a buddy who uh, was a legitimate genius. Like, no, no joking, full seriousness. Like. I think whatever the highest score on ACT, he got one point underneath that. Just a, like a generally smart dude, did a lot of reading, this and that, but also fucking insane, did crazy shit. 
But when he would come hang out for the day, you'd see him park his busted ass truck and you'd see him walking up to the apartment and you'd be like, why is he carrying a garbage bag? And it would be a garbage bag with all the things that he needed. So maybe there was a hoodie in there, maybe a football or basketball, his wallet, uh, uh, you know, uh, put this over his shoulder. He would just carry it over his shoulder like a bag. Like a stick right? it would just be a garbage bag. And then when yeah, it, I was just saying, he's going to get the guy home. a stick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally that was him. That was him. It, it, there'd be like a little uh, – an empty water bottle that is half filled with like dip spit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this is that, this is the kind of kid. But That is awesome. I did actually just get a new backpack. I actually use it for pickleball, but now I use it for travel too. It is uh, the new Topo Designs. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's got what this like J-zipper – um on the front of it and so like with the thing like you kind of like cinch it down with like the the little pull string and you can buckle the top it kind of flips over Mm -hmm. but then on the front of it there's a j i guess it's more of like an l-shaped zipper so if the backpack Mm. is kind of on its side you just can use that zipper and you can open up and it just the it kind of flaps open Um, oh Oh, okay so if you were to take it off set the backpack flat you can pop it open from the top without having to undo the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I feel like I have kind of a similar approach to like bags and luggage where it's like I still kind of I have like, you know, carry-ons and all. I mean, like the, you know, wheeled and stuff. Yeah. But if if it's if none if I'm not doing any sort of big travel or something, this is just like a few days or whatever, I still am like very determined to pull I, when I traveled all before I was in my 30s, I I would travel with like a army surplus like uh, like a duffel that did yeah. not have a cross body, meaning you just had to carry that thing everywhere yeah, you went. Bro. And I would just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still basically, I have like, I have like a Prada bag, but it literally, it doesn't, it's like a gym bag. And I'll use that one most of the time because I just kind of, I think it looks cooler in my head than doing anything that has like a How tech many days aspect can you to it. go with a bag that size? Listen, he, I mean, I'm from Indiana, pal. Yeah, I can go. I can give go. Give the number. He'll make it yeah, work. Dude, yeah, I, if that, if that, I'll just pretend like the technology doesn't exist. Yeah. And if you don't have it, then you're just, I don't know what I'm missing out on. But I will say anytime I've used, like, I have, like, a Topo bag that I was gifted. And then there was, like, I had, like, another some that was popular at the time. It was some sort of, like... I don't remember what it was called, but it was some, like, kind of, it had, like, unique, you know, zippers and all this shit. And I used it, and I was like, I don't know what what I'm doing when I'm, why am I not using these? This yeah. is so much more convenient. It's so much better. Yeah. But for some reason, I have this, like, block in my head where it's like, no, nah, I'm just going to carry the duffel. It's fine. Yeah. And then every time, I would be like, why? Just put it in something easier. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's fine. I, I'm only going to go to the airport, and then I'll be right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And every single time, it's a pain <laughs> in the ass. But I don't know. It's just a thing. It's like See, a block. I like options. I'm a, I am have some OCD tendencies, but I like options. And when I pack, I kind of, like, lay everything out. And then I Tetris that shit together in my away mm-hmm. bag, and I am, like, ready to rock. And I love it. to pack. You should have seen us, Dan, in Japan trying to get home when uh-huh. we had it all laid out in my room, uh-huh. in, like, our small uh, Japanese hotel rooms, yeah. going, like, all right, I don't know how we're going to – between the two of us, we got two bags. Yeah. It's not <laughs> yeah. a lot of space. <laughs> we I, got I, two we... bags and, and three and a half bags worth of clothes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Next time we'll have – we need to – I, I have we got packing empty. Gotta, we gotta, yeah. yeah, you got to go with the empty. I'll just go, go with, with two outfits. When my Where parents, are... when I was younger, they used to go up to New York. My parents were in the toy business, and uh, they'd go up to New York for the toy fair every year. And I was really young, but I, I have like a distinct memory. They'd always bring like at least a couple extra empty suitcases with them, 
that was just for bringing samples and literature oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. kinds of stuff back. Yeah. It was always like the highlight when they would come home, you know, they, they usually were going for like a week or, you know, 10, 12 days. And, um, they come back and they had like their suitcases with their clothes in it that they needed. And they just kind of put those wherever, but then the highlight was like when they opened up like the extra suitcases. Cause they, that's, they had like all the cool shit in it. And that's what I wanted to see. Dude, you had to, so I, I've, uh, you know, we've, we've known each other a while and we know your dad and you guys shop with us. Mm-hmm, we've, we've, mm-hmm. we've been, we've been acquainted with all of you for a while. Yeah. What's wild to me is that like you had to have been the bell of the ball growing up if, with, with parents in the toy industry of yeah. all things. Like that is at a certain <laughs> age, like that is the premier thing you could say that your parents did for a living. So were you like dripped in, in, in whatever the new toys were at the time? So the funny thing about it, I don't know if you guys know this, but the toys that my parents sold were not really the toys that most kids wanted. Oh. <laughs> well, what kind so, of toys are we talking like, so, you know, so like we, pretty my, toys? They was, my dad's whole thing was bringing back the classics, like the toys he grew up with. Wooden blocks, Tinker Toys, Erector sets, um a lot of like Brio train set type stuff. Mm-hmm. The I mean, that's, that's which, sick. Which is cool now. But back then, you got to remember like G.I. Joe and like the call, all the plastic stuff and crap you get at Toys R Us. Like those were the hot items. Yeah. They yeah. have like the new tech in them and, and you know, that like, be, I don't know. I'm thinking of like action figures and things that would do cool stuff or Nintendo. So you didn't sell any of that stuff. It was it was very much classic toys. So yeah, I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and he would always bring home samples, and he'd always like give them to my siblings and I to play with. And you know, he he'd want to see how we interacted. Uh, but it was it was a toy company all about and focused on classic toys. And Interesting. That was. You know, so like my friends that would come over, yeah, like they'd want to see some things here and there. The one thing I had that was like really fucking cool was a go-kart. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Hell, yeah. That is yeah. cool. Yeah, you got the like whole neighborhood. selling go-karts, and we had, we had a big go-kart that was like a two-seater with big tires. And uh, I used to just rip it like all over the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Our yard, and we lived near the Potomac River uh, in Virginia, and we could t- take it down like by the river on all the trails down there, and so it was that kind of thing was cool. But like you know, in in like sixth, seventh grade, nobody gives a shit about your Tinker Toys or Erector sets. You know? Yeah. By I the mean, way, Dan, I just I I was like Tinker Toys, Tinker Toys. Like I know that Googled an image, insane. That what a deep memory. Yeah. That and Lincoln Logs, obviously. Yeah, remind me one day. I'll uh, I'll show you some pictures of like the catalog I got. So that's what I did. Like when I was younger, I uh, I'd get basically catalog season. I'd get picked up from school. We'd go to the studio, and between like shoots where I had to be in some outfit, like in front of the camera, I would be, do my homework. Yeah. And then, like while they were while I was doing my homework, my sister would be in front of the camera and doing her thing, and then we'd switch, and then uh, we'd do that for weeks, weeks crazy to, get to, ready to, to shoot the whole catalog. Yeah, 
and shoot the whole cat. Yeah, the original catalog that my dad had was him taking pictures of me playing with toys. Like, this is going to sound really creepy, but it would be, <laughs> you know, he would take pictures of me in our basement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, he painted, I mean, you guys know this. I'm sure you see it, like, with what Abby does and, and, and you know, he he didn't have i don't remember exactly what it's called but you you guys i think have like that rack where the paper hangs and you pull it down yeah, like a sweep yeah. yep yeah um we didn't have that so what my dad did was he painted the floor in our basement white and the wall behind it white and he would just take pictures of me like on this like white square with the white background and then as we would like step on it or whatever when he needed to he would just go back in and like repaint it white yeah and so uh and I, the basement i mean there was just there was no lights down there right like it made you, you you want to control your lighting so he would uh take these pictures on this like old film camera that he had and um you know that was like the beginning of his catalog and um yeah and just to be clear, this this turned into something pretty big and successful, which is sick. It's like yeah. I love like scrappy business stories, like like so early early yeah. day shit. Like it's so sick. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean success. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, he, my dad did really well for himself, and um, I, I benefited as being one of his kids and being lucky enough to have you know parents that wanted to do the best they could to provide for their kids. And yeah, you know, I, I give my parents, you know, a hundred percent of the credit for how I have evolved and kind of grew up and who I am today. Cause, because, you know, any other kind of upbringing, I would have, would have, you know, shaped me a bit differently. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so give us a little background on like how you get to doing what you're doing now. Like how uh, do you end up in beer? Yeah. So, so I do, so I guess, I, I guess, Chase, you want me to introduce myself now? Yeah. Yeah. Do a little one, two. <laughs> give me, give me the, uh, I'll we'll, give you we'll like, still, we're still going to do yeah, the we, whole, we, this is Dan Garfinkel. He's our boy, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay. So you can just get into like, you know, like, you like, know, like, like for instance, say like, you know, where you went to school, kind of what you did yeah, post school, how okay. you ended up in Boulder. Obviously, you've got the beer, but you've got other things as well. Yeah. Just give yeah. us a little one-two, and we'll find a nugget to go off from there. Yeah, you've okay. you've got you've got a lot of interesting avenues, yeah. so this yeah. is easy. Okay, so uh, hi everybody. My name is Dan Garfinkel. Uh, I'm the ripe age of 38 years old. Live here in Denver, formerly Boulder. Before that, New York City. Going back further, just outside D.C. in Northern Virginia and Arlington, college in Indiana at IU. Uh, I did a phenomenal five years, needed that victory <laughs> lap, and grew up uh, a little further outside D.C. in a little town uh, in Fairfax, Virginia. Um, the town I grew up was in was a little town called Great Falls, uh, right on the Potomac River. Um, and that, that, that is my, uh, reverse chronological order of all the places I've lived. <laughs> I, <laughs> Thorough. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit about me, I guess. Yeah. As Chase, as you were saying, I was, uh, in these places now I'm in the beer business and I work with some awesome friends on a new tech company based in New York. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like my icebreaker fun fact when you're like, sitting in a circle is I don't have a middle name. Whoa. You're, you're legally just Dan Garfinkel. 
I mean, my mother would say my name is Daniel Garfield. Daniel would be the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have but, do, do your yeah. do your like siblings? Do they? I, I forget. Actually, how many you, you know, what's do crazy they have ones I, or no? I found out just this past holiday uh, season, like whatever Christmas like time. Whole family was seeing down, seeing my parents down in Florida where they live, and we were kind of talking about something and middle names and. I said, you know, my fun fact that I always say is that I don't have a middle name. And my mom says to me, well, Carrie doesn't have a middle name either. My brother. And I was like, Carrie doesn't have a middle name. <laughs> He's always been, his, I thought his name was Aaron. Carrie Aaron Garfinkel. And she's like, no, oh, no, Aaron is just his his Hebrew name. And I looked, oh. at, I looked at my brother and I was like, you always Hell say your name is Carrie Aaron Garfinkel. Like your screen name has the A in it. Like your technology <laughs> has the A in it. You like, son of a bitch. Like all this stuff. And, and he's, like, he's like, I didn't know. I didn't. I thought I thought that was my middle name. And everybody was cracking up. But One of my favorite seen. things is like when you when you think something as a kid and then it just never gets corrected until you're a, an adult and you say something and they're like, like hey, well, hold on, what did you say? Like, yeah. Where did you get that information? Like, I don't know. I connected dots on my own and then I never asked another question. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Decided that was fact. Yeah. Yeah. I just assumed that that was it. Uh, and then, yeah, so that was the fun fact. The other, the other, I mean, on that topic, when you assume things as a kid and then find out later. There's like I found so I'm the oldest of four, and uh, all my siblings were all pretty close. Granted, my the, my youngest sibling were 15 years apart, but she's she can keep up. She's basically grown up with a bunch of adults her entire life. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, my sister, who's uh, two years younger than me, but one grade behind me, we went to all like lower school together, and then she ended up coming out to Indiana as well. So we were in college together, and. Uh, there were things I knew about her and things that she did. And I never really knew the full story that she like told my parents, like when she got in trouble at school <laughs> um, and nothing crazy, but I, uh, I found out like sitting around the table during the holidays, I like nonchalantly was like, yeah, when you got like that ticket in college for like peeing behind the bush, <laughs> my mom's like, what? You got Oh. That's why you got the ticket, and you know things like that. You just yeah. you, uh, I guess things just kind of unravel as you get older, and you don't realize it until it's too late. Yeah, no, like I, you know, I thought my dad's only been married five times, and he's probably up to seven or eight at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> you never Who knows? Know. Uh, I, I, I thought I only had three siblings. Turns out I have four or five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how do you how do you go? Because we knew you. We've we've at least the way we kind of connected was through the the beer business. So how do you yeah. get involved in beer? I know you've had other stuff between there, but yeah. And also, just real quick, if if, if you're listening and you've been in the store and you've had a beer, you've come to an event and you've had a beer, you've been drinking my man's beer, Finkel and Garf. Dan, actually, when I met you the first time, that was the first thing I said was like. You're like, oh, uh, wherever I was working, like, oh, this is Dan. He 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 does Finkel and Garf, and I go, oh, no kidding, bro. Uh, packaging is absolutely stellar. I love your brand, and I've and I've thought it was really sick ever since I moved to Colorado and started seeing it out here. So, anyway, oh, if you've been I around, you've that. you've had his that, beer. That is very kind. That's actually pretty fun because I met you before you even started working at Canoe Yeah, technically, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty wild. Um, my story. Um, 
it's kind of a long story. I'll give you. I'll I'll I'll, I'll try to tell you the short version. Um, sure. So I was in school in Indiana, and um, out of school, I tried to start a little production company. I went out and bought a camera and lights and a mic setup and all the things you need to start a little production company um, based on what I was studying in school, uh, which was you know production. And this was 2008, 2009, not the time to get something going, and it just didn't work. So on the side, I was helping a college buddy of mine's friend who I had met who had come to visit us um, when we were in college, and I helped him sort of on the side doing – I was editing uh, orthopedic surgical videos. And wow. like just, you know, shoulder replacements, knee replacements, ACL reconstructions – one of the craziest videos I did was like. Wait, this. are these like graphic videos? Yeah, oh yeah. And Whoa. used for like educational purposes in universities and stuff, or uh, used for uh, other surgeons to learn procedures and techniques. Cool, interesting. And so, I mean, one of the craziest ones I did was a 350 pound woman got a hip replacement. Wild. Whoa. Do you know what? A, you can't even begin to imagine what it looks like to see a hip that big get cut open as they peel back the fat and like the layers to get down to the hip. And then at that point, it's just like, Wait, when you started this company, is this what you thought you like, Oh, I'm going to specialize in this thing. Cause they need this done. And you know, someone's got to do it. Or were you just like, I'm going to start this fun and... thing. And then they were like, yeah, let me hit you with this <laughs> insane footage. <laughs> so I just knew like nonlinear editing. Um, and the guy I was, I was kind of working for working with, he needed help in editing these videos. And so I just said, sure. And he was just paying me while I was looking for a job when I concluded that the little business I had tried to start wasn't going to work. So I was just helping him on the side and he'd send me footage and sort of a little bit of an outline of like what needs to be done. And I do it. And I, I mean, I would say at the beginning for like the first couple of weeks, I would stop like, two, three, four times, like every, I was stopping like every 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I was gonna say like two, three, four times an hour. Yeah, every 15, 20 minutes I would stop because I would need to go get like fresh air for what I was seeing. Um, and you don't you don't see like, you don't see the person. There's basically like that blue mm -hmm, sure. mm -hmm. skirt around the area, but I knew where they were on the body because I had to be aware of like what was going on and uh yeah i mean imagine just like layers of like your skin like pulled back and i had like a full uncensored view like into the human body crazy we hear yeah. And, it is uh, it is alarming when you talk to because I, I have friends like in that field and yeah. when you talk to them about like stuff and they're like Yo, it's just like it's kind of like when you. It's like it feels like talking to a cop. It's like I see another world than you do. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. it's not. This is nothing for me, and it just feels like. But it feels crazy. Yeah, gory stuff like blood and guts now doesn't really bother me like that much. Um, How many hours of footage do you feel like you you potentially edited? Oh my god! Like a lot. A lot. The the worst thing I ever did, actually, in terms of footage that I saw, I worked in high school. No, it was the summer in college. I worked for a public, uh, public television cha uh, channel in, in Maryland, Maryland Public Television. 
Whoa. And they wanted, they were in the process of producing a World War II documentary with using a ton of never before seen World War II footage. And as an intern, you basically, your job for something like this is to log footage and log like watch it all say say what it is you you watch and you type in like close-up of uh you know soldier male soldier smiling from one minute and 20 seconds to one minute and 28 seconds yeah and then you go okay one minute 29 seconds it's a wide angle shot of you know the battlefield um you know for whatever, another 15 seconds, whatever it might be. So log footage. I watched probably 15, maybe 20 hours of World War II footage that was completely uncensored. It was literally raw footage. Yeah. Of oh, which makes it feel so much more real. You know what I mean? Like obviously no, yeah. it is real, but because it's old, it doesn't feel. You know what I mean? It's old, like videos of kamikaze yeah. pilots crashing into boats, soldiers Jesus. being shot or shooting. You could tell like scenes of like the cameraman like running uh, and trying to like get in the trenches, walking through the trenches in World War II. Um, I probably saw like almost an hour's worth of bodies like in the Navy the they basically wrapped up the body and they would have like a service and then they tilt this sort of like ramp and the body would drop into the water um and that was like the burial like a naval a navy burial yeah and i probably watched an hour straight of that and i couldn't just be like oh this is for an hour i had to watch and like write down and log what was happening yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. oh so that was probably the most intense footage i've ever seen um but yeah, the, the surgery stuff was just at a certain point. I just got used to it. It's just like up, oh, m- just more blood, and you kind of start <laughs> focusing on like what they're doing and making sure I don't miss a cut or like. I can't, I can't wait to hear how you take this from where we're at to beer too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was doing that. Uh, so here we'll circle back. So I was doing that. Ended up joining this company kind of more on a full time basis. And rather than sitting there editing all the videos, we kind of developed a system that made it so there was less editing for us to do. Mm. And I travel all over the world meeting the top orthopedic surgeons and convincing them to make videos and put them on our site. And so I did that. And for the time I did it, it was a lot of fun. And then I just kind of got sick of it and, Things didn't really, um, I, we didn't see eye to eye on some of the things that we were doing. And so uh, in a matter of like two weeks, I decided to leave that and leave the Arlington, Virginia area and move to New York City. And so I had, I don't know, a little bit of money and said, screw it, I'm going to New York. I subleased this bedroom um, kind of. I don't know if you guys know Stuyvesant Town, Stuytown, uh, mm-hmm. side, and I just kind of subleased this bedroom for three months. I had all my stuff packed up. I was in one of those pods for uh, mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. you can go wherever you want. Because when I moved up there, I just had like I don't know, two suitcases worth of stuff and like a computer, and just sort of said I'm going to figure New York out. And uh, I knew a bunch of people from from college. There's a large, uh, you know 
New York, New Jersey contingency that goes to Indiana. So I knew people and it was all fine, but the plan was to be in New York for like three or four months and try to find a job. And um, got down, I paid my last month's rent and I was running low on cash. I think I had, I don't know, four or $500 at that point to get through like the last month in New York. And uh, 500 bucks is basically a night in New York. <laughs> yeah. <very far>. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, I was going to like the Chinese restaurants and like going during lunch and getting like two lunch portions because they were cheaper, but the same size as the dinner portion. I'd eat yeah. half for lunch, half for dinner, and then I'd have one the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went and did this interview and um, I got offered a job. And then the guy, it was an inside sales job and, you know, based with like, just here's your list of like, these are the hundred phone calls you need to make today or whatever. And I accepted the job. He's like, great, I'll show you where you're going to be working. It was one of those like blistering hot New York days. I think my parents had like bought me a power suit when I graduated college. And like, I was wearing that. It had like shoulder pads and the whole deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was ridiculous that I was even wearing that. And uh, so the guy shows me where I'm going to be working. And we like leave his office and we go through this door and he shows me this giant cube farm. Um, and everything was like this kind of like, Topy, like grayish brown color, and I basically just had like a panic attack. It's a, a say, say it again. A what? What is it? Like a cube, like a like a mass room full of cubicles. Cube farm. See, this cube whole time farm. I'm thinking, what are they growing, dude? Wait. Oh yeah, yeah, no, not not okay. a weed farm, a cube farm. Yeah. Okay. A cube um, farm. Yep. Yeah, it's just like just cubicles everywhere. Like we're kind of weaving our way through, and he shows me this cubicle, and it's got like a white desk and four walls and an opening. And I just looked at it. I was like, I can't do this. I'm out. I can't quit. <laughs> and he's like, you've had the job for like 15 minutes. And, uh, so. <laughs> what if he's ever had, that? he probably tells that story. Now he's like, yeah. you showed this guy to the desk. You just bailed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, probably. He, uh, so I just like, I just couldn't do it. And I was kind of like, I took the interview just out of like desperation because I wanted to stay in New York. And if I, if I couldn't find a job, I had to leave. And I didn't really want to go like the bartending and get into that. Cause I had a feeling like if I got into that, I would just kind of like pigeonhole myself. And I, I always knew I'd like it, but it would be yeah. tough I, mm-hmm. because I'd like the energy of it. And, it, but I, but I was like, I can't, I don't want to do that. That's a, you can't do it forever. You know it's, what I mean? hard it's, hard, to like, it's hard. hard to have like a partner when you live yeah, that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I knew I would like it. So I never the, did it yeah. either for the same yeah. reason. I was like, I'll love it, but yeah. I'll never leave. <laughs> So I just never went down that path. So I basically had the job for 15 minutes. I quit, uh, left. I remember like being on the corner. I, um, I like was pissed. I threw like my tie and like my shirt in the trash. I was like <laughs> holding my jacket. Like what the fuck am I doing? This, this, is, a real, this movie. is a really, I was going to say, this is like yeah. a nineties movie. Yeah. I was like totally done with it. And I was flipping through my like phone and I saw that my buddy, my doubles, my doubles tennis partner uh, from high school is in New York, and his name's Ikram. And I just called him out of the blue, and I knew he was involved in the tech world, and I knew I wanted to be in tech. So I just called him. I clearly had woken him up. It was like 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, we, oh, Dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I remember you. Like, great to hear from you. Hey, let's grab a beer tonight. And so we went to the Soho Grand Hotel. 
And Wait, just, Timbo, is that where we stayed? We've stayed at the Soho Grand, yeah. Yeah, okay, tight, yeah. yeah. And then, like, off to the left side of it, there's, like, this tiki bar kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah, uh-huh. yep. Yeah, so we went over there, and this must have been 2010, 2010, 2011, somewhere in between. And uh, my whole thing was, like, I was just going to ask him to, like, help make some introductions to people I, in the tech world. I knew he was in the tech world, and so he... He and I drank and ate and spent a bunch of money. Luckily, he picked up the tab. <laughs> and uh, at like 3.30 in the morning, I was like, so, man, like, <laughs> you can introduce me to some people. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm not going to introduce you to anybody. I want you to come work for me. And uh, that was pretty much how I got my job at Venmo. And I was yeah, like, yeah. there's 10 people uh that worked at venmo um when we moved the company to new york and uh yeah so that's what i did so i went from editing videos of you know surgeries to (laughs) working at venmo yeah i mean a small team at the inception of venmo yeah no i don't want to give myself credit for no not the inception inception, but you know there was an awesome team that really developed the initial venmo that existed um prior that was all text message based in philly where it got Mm. started and then the big thing that we did in new york once we moved the company up there uh was developing the app and you know the app that you use now is close to what we did but like the app you used like four or five years ago was basically like a group of 10 of us sitting around drawing on paper and like hell yeah building an app and uh you know we had what year would that have been dan it's been like 2011 yeah that feels like it's like that like that kind of like an early startup culture too that feels like that's like the height of it Mm -hmm. well i remember being in college and starting to send venmos yeah like late college yeah i mean that was one of the things that i did when i was there is i built out this like campus rep program uh and we had people all over the country growing venmo parties yeah and we would send them i'd probably send i don't know a couple t-shirts to like the main guy or gal and like you know an extra one or two a ton of these blue venmo bottle openers yeah and i think at one point we even did lighters um and we'd send them a banner like a like a six foot long by like two and a half three foot tall banner uh-huh. that said Venmo <laughs> and that was it. And I'd be like, Hey, and then we threw them some cash too. I don't really remember what we did. I think we Venmoed them cash. I was going to say, it Sick. seems smart to just give people money and then it'd be like, Oh no, yeah, I'll definitely yeah, use it. Oh, yeah, we'll wrap this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they would just throw like a Venmo party. And, uh, actually the funniest part of that is I got an email probably a year a year and a half ago from this guy and he was reaching out about like business related stuff. And at the bottom he said, by the way, I don't know if my name sounds familiar, but I, you know, I know I'm sending you this official like business email, but we've actually met before never in person, but we've talked a bunch on the phone when I was in college and wherever we went in Texas, you hired me as a campus rep. And, Oh, whoa. He now he and I have become like good friends. Like he lives here in Denver, and like we became like good buddies in like the last year. But 
I, uh, he was one of the campus reps that I hired and he still has his Venmo t-shirt. I sent him. Was- <laughs> 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 so, that was that. Um, so yeah, I did Venmo. We can get in. If you guys have more Venmo questions, we can get into that. But then after Venmo, I left New York, moved to Boulder. Uh, at the time my parents were living in Boulder and, uh, Prior to me moving there, my dad and I were sitting at Avery, uh, at the old Avery location in the alley. Okay. And mm, yeah. We would just kind of loved going over there and hanging out, as I think many many people did. And yeah. we kind of looked around and we're like, this whole culture of craft beer and people, uh, it just seems like a really fun business to be in, and what's better than like making this like awesome product assuming it's good and having people come to hang out with you and like be at your place and bullshitting it's kind of like the party's like always at your place yeah and you know like let's let's dig into this so we kind of did like a pretty intense deep dive between the two of us on the beer industry and making beer and how to package it and all those things and sell it and whatnot. And um, we just kind of were like, let's do it. Let's pull the trigger on this. And we found a space up in Gun Barrel and mm-hmm. started, brought in equipment and, and, and built a brewery. And that was in 2000. We opened July 2014. So we are nine years, almost 10 years old now. And so I did that. You know, um, every day that was it. Uh, Damn, bro. Did, like, did you build this shit yourself or did you have to like get somebody to like, I don't know how complicated it is, I guess, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So. Yeah, I've seen, I've been in the back room once, I believe. And to be honest with you, I just remember the, the ferment smell. I was like, oh, they're, they're definitely making beer here. There's, there's no <laughs> mistake. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was like, a, I mean, if you compare it to a place like New Belgium or even like Avery, it's. Yeah very small in comparison but uh it was an eighty five hundred nine thousand square foot uh primarily manufacturing facility i say was is that's what it that's what it is and uh we got plenty of stainless steel and all the equipment you need to make great beer um yeah we did everything ourselves soup to nuts from recipe development to packaging, to the sales delivery, um, I spent the vast majority of my time going in and out of liquor stores and building relationships, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, meeting people like you guys, and and just sort of. I actually think the first time Chase, I met you, I brought a case of beer to that place you were working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that was the case. Like I, I don't I, the, the the goal wasn't to meet you; it was to like here's this like new shop. I'm going to go over and like uh-huh, uh-huh. bullshit and leave some beer. And maybe, maybe the people working are going to, are going to like it. And then with you guys at canoe club, I think yep. it was just sort of like, well, you need beer in the fridge. I've got beer. So yeah, I got beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you just use my beer? Yeah. Uh, and Dan actually, beer. we still have, I was just in the shop yesterday. When I, when, when the stew is dry with snacks, 
I go over to the store to see what the guys are hoarding in the clot in the cupboard over there. Oh, yeah. And there were there were no snacks, but oh. there was uh, me and Timothy when we when we did the rebrand early pandemic. Yeah. Um, we saved one can of the old lager, dark green the label, old oh, can the one, club logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that Did was actually know? before that predates Chase. Yeah, that, that, that was, old logo and stuff. Yeah. That was before he was working for us. Oh, that's right. Was there yeah. Katie or something? No. Who was you guys? Who? You guys had a couple of designers that you guys yeah, were doing contracts. That was so like, long ago. It may have been I the girl can't. that did the website. Yeah, but yeah, I wasn't yeah. even involved Maybe. in those conversations. I'm not sure, yeah, but I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't think I did that. But also the logo, they probably just shot you the logo over and you you tossed yeah. it. On or yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We still we still have we still have one. I think I'll I have, have one at my house too. <laughs> I'll have to look through the archives. I have a whole label archive. I mean, we've done like something close to like ninety different beers with yeah. different labels. Jeez. Yeah, um, hell yeah. But I'll have to look and see if I have the OG Canoe Club one that we did. Um, but yeah, it was whatever your original logo was that was on the website. The gal who did the website, like, sent it to me, I think. And, yeah, 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 yeah. That's do right. you, yep. uh, do you have a favorite that stands out to you in those 90s or when you're looking back, like, either aesthetically oh, or taste? Because I know you're more of a whiskey guy, to be honest, right? Not to blow up your spot, <laughs> but you're not really um, much of a beer drinker. Yeah, I don't. Well, you know what the problem is when you're, for me, being in the beer industry is when it's like nine fifteen in the morning and I'm not really paying attention and I'm like doing something with a keg and I spray myself a beer. Yeah. And it, you know, <laughs> I got I got some like gnarly style just dripping off my nose and like that's my day. And yeah. for me personally, like I don't get me wrong, I love drinking beer. I just can't when I'm smelling that beer that like I just have like a little under my like at the top of my lip or whatever that Yeah, yeah. I, I kinda like wash my face, I couldn't get off. Yeah. I'm just smelling it all day. The last thing I want when I get home or go out after work is another beer. Yeah. No, I feel you. I get it, man. I worked in I worked in like coffee and that was like I didn't really drink coffee for a little while after that job it was like you a don't want to see break how the sausage like, made, you, know? It, you know it's just it, you, like you said it's like it's just in your nostrils and mouth and pores so much that you're just yeah. like i can't do this all the time i can't be this involved in it yeah. right exactly so yeah i mean i like whiskey i drink a lot uh i, I don't actually drink that much in general now yeah but what i do it, it'll be like whiskey or mezcal uh right now i tend to drink more mezcal my go-to actually this is my go-to drink 95% of the time I'm out unless I'm like at a nice cocktail bar, but like, if we're just like, Hey, let's go out and get a drink. I get, um, a two ounce pour of mezcal in a pint glass filled up with ice and the rest with soda water. Just Interesting. Out. So I, I would love, that be I love like a, a watered down drink like that? I'll do like a whiskey water sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean, where it's yeah. mostly, that's great. Is that like a, would that be like, like a mezcal highball with that? Sure. It yeah, could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Usually with like a highball, you want like a more highly carbonated. Yeah. So there's highball machines that have really highly carbonated water. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just like club soda, whatever they got on the gun. I just yeah. that got and, on and the like, gun. Yeah. Gun it up, bro. Yeah. I love got it on the gun. I'm gonna use that. Yeah, next hell time. yeah, like we're that. gonna make a tea. <laughs> we need to make whatever a tea. you got on the gun. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, well, then oh. they start breaking out like these bougie places will break out like Fever Tree or something. Like I no no no. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for that. Literally, no, just 
the carbonated water. Don't charge me for the fever tree. I just want the yeah. carbonated yeah. water. No, I feel you. I feel you. God <laughs> on I, the don't gun. Need, I don't need like, the cute what, little can. Uh, you want fever tree? No, whatever you got on the gun's fine. Yeah. And uh, you, talk, you say that to a bartender, they know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the this is what I mean when Inside I said that, like if I would have gotten into the restaurant or bar world and I start hearing things like that, I would have been hooked for life. Yeah. I love knowing like phrases like that that is I love like industry talk. Well, I think I think that's cool. I think also in particular industry talk around cocktails is really cool cuz it is such a deep deep well of information yeah. you know what i mean but tell us tell us about i would i want to actually want to hear two things i want to hear what is like an all-time favorite that maybe like just didn't i want to know what your all-time favorite beer you've made is i want to know what you uh-huh. think the best one that didn't work out was yeah. like for whatever it just didn't hit for people and mm-hmm. i want to know one where you tried it and you're like that is now nah, never that mind miserable. Guys, <laughs> yeah. 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 okay my go-to uh that i probably drank more than anything else if i was to bring like a six-pack home was our dry hopped amber it just sort uh-huh. of yeah. hit hit the right notes when we had just enough hop but was different than like the classic like fat tire it, it this yeah. wasn't yeah. property it had like, that multi backbone the blue with like that kind blue of yellow yeah. yellow yeah, 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 yeah. yellow lettering yep yep it's not pink sorry it's like a peach color yeah. um yeah that one so that was sort of my go-to and that evolved then into the lager because i was just sort of like easy drinking uh mm-hmm. so that's kind of that was probably what i drank the most of the beer that i thought was the best that we made that just didn't work uh when we first opened we had a pale ale not an india pale ale but just a traditional like 4.2 4.3 um pale ale which like today dale's dale's pale ale is probably it was, it was, oh word! At the okay, time, it was like more in line with an IPA. So mm-hmm. ours didn't have as much bitterness and as much hop character. It was very much by the book, you know, textbook pale ale, and it was fantastic. That was my favorite beer, and everybody would say I loved it, but the beer just didn't sell huh. um, because people wanted at the time IPAs were hot, so everybody yeah. wanted India pale ales, and so uh, we just sold so much india pale ale that green can that it didn't make sense for us to brew another batch of the pale ale and that was the end of it never brewed it again interesting on the subject of the pale of the shout out the hazy ipa do you you call it a hazy or the new england so we used to have the new england Uh and then we tweaked it and changed up the hops and basically we, we we sort of deconstructed the beer and then looked at all the elements of it that we really liked, got rid of the stuff we didn't, and rebuilt it um, with a lot of the similar qualities. And we kind of rebranded it as Hazy IPA. Yeah. Lo- that's love the, it. That's the one you like. That's the one. That yeah. You- anytime you bring it, I, I love it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Also, anyone out there who's listening and you are lucky enough to have Finkel and Garf in a liquor store near you, if you buy a little six pack case, me and my buddy were the ones that designed that package. We didn't make all the assets, but we put it together and made it. I look. was going to say, I didn't know what at what part of this or if that was if you wanted to acknowledge. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not just the six pack. What you guys designed was the box. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The box, the box itself. The box that it, uh, the beers coming now for four of our our most popular brands: the IPA, the Stout, the Lager, and the Red IPA. Um, yeah, you uh, you did that, man. 
That was, uh, and I, you know, as far as like boxes go, uh, with six packs, I think ours is probably the most unique out there. I think it's really punchy. It stands dude. out without yeah. without being like annoying. You know, yeah. what I mean, it's not like it's too much. It's just like it's really clean and simple. It doesn't even but have a picture of a can on it, which I like. Yeah, yeah, which is so dope. So shout out Nico if you're listening to this. Love you, dog. You did a yeah. good job. We did a good job. Nico, uh, Nico and Chase, you guys. Yeah. I mean, if I think about it, there's probably. I mean, I don't know how many years ago was that? Two years now? Three years? Yeah, probably two years ago. Um, I I still have some sell, proofs that you that you gave me. Yeah, proofs are the first print. A ton of that IPA. Like yeah. The number of people that have had the box you created in their hand. Yeah, yeah. You think about that, like, is it's really cool. Crazy, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I didn't design it. I just told you what it needed to include, and you went to work. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, Dan. I have I have another question. We're we're getting to the end of this. We're, we're we've been on for about an hour already, which is crazy. Oh, wow. But I have a question that Timothy and I are we're personally curious about. It's something we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. I would like to I'd like to ask a question about how you for for instance. Let me just start from the top. Me and Timothy love honeydew melon. We love melon flavored things, and it's something you hardly see in the north american palette definitely I think, not north america definitely not, not north even america not the most popular one elsewhere either no- but i just think it's just such a stellar flavor mm-hmm. it's how do you go about like i know that a lot of the time the flavor profile comes from like the hop use the specific mm-hmm. hop that's used but like how do you go about infusing like i know there's been one that I believe you used a peach puree in. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does mm-hmm. one go about that? How do you go about developing the actual, the the flavor itself, but like the actual way in which it's infused? So like a peach puree or something. Like, yes. curious about that. Um, and then what would we what would we have to do to get a Finkel and Garf honeydew flavored or, drink? Or, or do you have like, or is there a reason that some insider like yourself might know? Like, why honeydew is it almost work. never used? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just so curious. So... The main so, so let me just say this to start. I am not a brewer. Okay. And I'm not a recipe beer recipe developer. I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. I understand <laughs> some of the principles, but at the end of the day, there are par- people far more qualified to answer why there's not a honeydew melon beer mm-hmm. out there. Uh, the first part of the question, like how we did things is maybe a little different than how some other breweries do. And I don't necessarily want to speak to like their techniques. Sure. Um, but for us, there was one big thing that we just did not want to do. And that was use any sort of jug of flavoring in our beer. Yeah. That's that what I was, that's what I was wondering. Specifically. That was just like a hard no for us. And so any of the beers that we made that included fruit had no f- jug of flavoring from like us like a synthetic flavoring company mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it was all natural purees and we would buy a ton of puree and during the fermentation process well there's two places we'd either add it to the boil and we just dump the fruit into the kettle where we're boiling and then we'd move it over to the fermenter and let it ferment or early in the fermentation process um, we would pump all the puree into the tank, into mm-hmm. the fermenter, and let the yeast basically go to work on 
all that sugar, all that. Okay. Fruit, right. Wow. Now, when the beer I think you're talking about is our passion fruit peach uh, yeah. blonde. That beer has got. God, I've picked up the fruit for that beer enough that I should know, but I think it's got something around like three to four hundred pounds of puree in it. Of Jesus. per brew. Per bag, per fifteen yeah. batch. And basically the yeast go to work, they eat up all the sugar, all the residual sugar that's in the tank, and you're sort of left with like what I would call um a little bit of a muted fruit flavor. Uh, yeah. Some fruits are more potent than others. Like passion fruit really like pops, you know, it's yeah. good to yeah. tartness. and peach is very subtle. And I'm going to get to your honeydew thing in a second, but yeah, peach works really well when it sort of has something to like accompany it. And whether that's hops or the malt bill or another fruit in the beer to kind of let the peach shine, Mm -hmm. um, it starts to do really well. I wonder if the reason that there's not a cantaloupe beer that I know of, I mean, I'm sure there's some, somebody's done. Sure. Somebody's done. Yeah. I wonder if it's a function of cost of those fruits and Uh the profile of those fruits when they're in puree form. Now we have done actually we have done a melon beer before. Because I know like you can get like a watermelon Kolsch or you know We have done. We have done a watermelon. I yeah, we've done watermelon. I don't know that we've done honeydew or cantaloupe. But I don't think they're the most popular fruit. Yeah, to be for sure. Fair. I'm not I'll even saying that, for the market but, that that would be the move. But but it selfishly, I would buy it, though. Even yeah. if I'm just you know, like you like imagine a I honeydew shandy. You just have like you're still in that like Japan haze. Oh, oh brother, this was pre-Japan, my boy. To we, be fair, yeah, we've been we've been we've been <laughs> we've been melon heads for a minute. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, so I'm what's your favorite melon? Honeydew, green honeydew. Like a ripe honeydew, or like. Just barely ripe, or like I could, to be honest with you, and I know this is controversial. I don't care. I like it both ways. Yeah, I, different I'm, reasons. I'm a little more particular than Timothy, but I'll tell you what. Oftentimes, the best honeydew are the pre-cut ones from Whole Foods. Whatever supplier they're getting in their back room to cut them up and put them in the little containers, very rarely are they not perfectly ripe and, and amazing. Um, Have you seen I, the fruit cutter videos on Instagram? Oh, of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Come on, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I could, I can watch those for hours yeah bro i love watching all the fruits especially ones i don't know about but like how do you but, cut a star fruit i'd say this much i just cut it like a my man i used to when i'd wait on the bus in chicago on chicago avenue the the fruit main would come down there yeah and i missed the bus on two different occasions just blasting six just watching him cut and been like oh shit <laughs> 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 all right well 20 more minutes of this at least yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i love it could be a lot worse. At least Dan, we'll, we'll we'll need to do a canoe club beer. We'll need to do a canoe club flavor. If it's honeydew or not, that's <laughs> I fine. I feel like I feel like honeydew is only going to hit for us. Yeah. But I for some reason in my head, it's still it would be good. We'll, I know we'll, how I, the package could look. Even. Yeah, we'll figure. We can figure something out. I, I'm not opposed to trying. You guys, I mean, Timothy, you asked me like what the least favorite beer is, and I couldn't even begin to tell you what it was called, but it had mango in it. And huh. something about mango and beer is just I 
don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's um, what I was wondering too when you were saying because it you might say be the profile. It, yeah. Well, you say it, and I'm like, well, that sounds good, but I can understand like, well, f- mango you know what I mean? getting like, fermenty and having it. F- I could see mango. I could see the flavor of mango in beer be too similar to when it's gone too long and it's post ripe. Mm-hmm. Do you know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets a little when it almost ferments in itself. You know, you, yeah. you pop it open, you're like, it oh, gets, that's not. I'm not going to eat spicy that for some yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. It's, so there was a trend in beer where like everybody was just throwing anything and anything you could come up with, like these just ridiculous combinations. And and we got on that trend a little bit too. And, and I didn't exactly love it, but we did some beer with like mango and lactose and something Mm. else i cannot remember and i tried it and i was like yeah this is this is awful we're we're not doing this boys (laughs) yeah Yeah. well here's the funny thing somebody else tries and they love it that's the honestly that's like the thing about beer it's entirely subjective yeah i feel like it like it completely depends on what you started with too like whatever you started drinking like that's kind of like what you know and then you know what i mean like because it's like Or, or your palate right like yeah Timothy likes it honeydew any way it is. You know, Chase prefers it a little more ripe. For for me, I like a ripe honeydew. Like, you know, some people like spicy food, others don't. It just it's it's yeah, there's so it many. To like yeah. your individual palate, it's hard to make something. It's pretty amazing when you look at these brands like a like Coca Cola. Like people just the vast majority of people like Coca Cola. You know, there might be like Coke or versus Pepsi, but like at the end of the day, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that a d- beverage was made that so many people are just like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this yeah. kicks ass. We all, we all agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We all agree I this just, kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, it's like, it's like the one thing that we can unify on in America. Like, listen, yeah. I like it. Coke's good. Yeah. You know, Diet <laughs> Coke, Coke Zero, all of it's good. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying go out and buy a Coke. I'm not saying you need the sugar. I'm just saying, like, you know, it tastes good. And agree, most people will probably agree and that's about it but everything else out there is like how strong are your opinions about whatever dish you're eating or whatever wine you're drinking like it's almost like beer and wine like cocktails it's like opening the door for people's opinion yeah and so you know i think at a certain point like in the beer industry people look for a reason not to like something versus being like okay this has some great qualities i really like I ninety percent like it versus I ten percent hate this beer. Mm-hmm. No, I mean um, that's the thing. Like especially it, beer, it's like it's it's a lot like what we do in the sense that everyone is going to have an opinion because they participate in some way, shape, yeah, or form. Yeah. You know, and unless you're like fully sober or something like that, or just never drank at all, which is you know mm-hmm. relatively unusual for uh-huh, people. Uh-huh. Like I would say that like you have some sort of opinion because you've participated inside of it at some at some yeah. point. You went to a bar and had to pick out a beer to drink, so you've like done it before. And the same thing with clothes. Like no matter at what level you're talking, because there's an an infinite amount of levels people but people are going to give you their opinion on it yeah. no matter what because they feel like they've done it before so they can yeah and it's also i mean have you ever been to mcsorley's in new york uh no i don't think i so, haven't no. no let's say you guys are in new york go to mcsorley's it's okay. like the um the oldest continuously run bar definitely in new york maybe in the country oh i've heard about like that i just haven't yeah i've never been I, covered yeah, in sawdust but yeah. their beer options are light or dark that's it. Interesting. Like, there's a side of me. I know I'm in the craft beer industry, and the whole thing is like about options and variety, yeah. and something for everyone. But like, shit, man, there's something about like 
Do you want a light bear or a dark bear? <laughs> hey, bro, you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir. Me and Brondo, I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod. I'm certainly not going to air it out now. But we've got a business idea that is that at its core where it's like you want this, that, or the other. And then if you want this, this is what we got, and that's it. There's, not, there's nothing else. I, but I just don't – like for me, especially at this point in like, you know, every restaurant had a million choices at a time. Every like coffee shop suddenly there was they're brewing so many different types. And you're like, yeah. dude, to be honest with you, I I can't there I can tell a difference between one shop to another. Yeah. But if you got multiple things, I'm barely noticing, you know what I mean, at a certain point. And I honestly I don't even know that I cared. And now that I now coffee. that the options are there, you start to care. And it's like I almost would rather have my brain freed the opposite way of being going into a coffee shop and like, we have coffee or we can put milk in the coffee. And I'm like, Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, I'll have yeah. the other one. Yeah. Here we go. I don't it, need I don't need the brew. I don't need the not the, the think. coffee with like the flour semen and then yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. like all the I don't need any crazy free me like if it's like we have we we serve this food at this restaurant and you can either have beer or one kind of wine with it i'm like great i don't even want you to i'll make that one choice and that's it i don't need to go i'll have the white well here's like 400 million whites i'm like god damn it i don't know and i'm I'm doing this off of a name so i don't you know what i mean like yeah i almost think that like the new luxury is going to be like not having to make a choice no well that that is the new luxury i think already it's i want to be freed of the decision and i trust that you've done the thought yeah. or not i don't care i'm trusting you regardless yeah if this i come to your option. place you tell me what's best you know what yeah. i mean then we'll just do that and then yeah. if i don't like it then i go all right well me and you didn't get along but at least i didn't like mess up the order or try to like customize something to the point where i messed it up totally but isn't that kind of what's happening like isn't that like a bit of the trend right now in clothes like this whole like like um minimal luxury like, sure. I mean, I think that, like, especially in menswear, there's always this thing of uniform dressing yeah. to a certain degree. And you want to – I think there's a lot of people that want – now, here's the difference. I also think that as soon as you start doing that in clothing, like, unless you're a very specific – you live a very specific lifestyle or don't mm-hmm. care about clothes ultimately that much beyond just making sure you have good quality stuff, it's really mm-hmm. hard to stay in that lane because you get interested. You know yeah. what I mean? And you kind of – move yeah. on because you get interested or change up what you thought because you got interested in something different or something. Unless you're like a Steve Jobs and you just wear your black turtleneck and your jeans and your New Balance sneakers every day. Yeah, yeah. but I like also think like I, there's just no way to me like a guy like that didn't know what he was doing. You know what I mean? Because he gets referenced a lot in this world like of like you, especially when you start talking about uniform like well Steve Jobs and you're like yeah but th- he had to have known that this was a thing. Like he's like, I know that I'm appealing to a certain type of person and not offending another type when I wear this thing, mm-hmm. and I will be remembered as this is the uniform. Because yeah. that there were such specific choices on top he, of it. He that, always described it as like you're only capable of making so many decisions a day. Mm-hmm. Like you only have so much bandwidth to make so many decisions. And his That's thing, silly. I have so many decisions to make that I want to put my bandwidth on those. So I have my, and one of the guys I worked with, the co-founder of Emo at the time, he was very similar in that way too. He kind of had his uniform and he would describe it as like, it's just, I don't think about it. I get up, I grab the the stack of white t-shirts. I just throw a white t-shirt on and I have like my pair of jeans. I put those on, I go to work. Like it's that simple. 
I, actually, I mean, it's, I think if it's hyper considered, like if you were like, yeah. I'm going to make this decision once and I'm going to, but I'm going to be very thoughtful about it. You know, like the, you know, the Steve Jobs, the Issey Miyake with the 501, with the, with the 992, like it's a very, he had all, like, I forget what the reasons for everything were, but they, they were very specific reasons that he had for those items. And mm. you're like, okay, so you, you put a lot of thought in, you just put a lot of thought in one time. Yeah. And then yeah. the hard part is the commitment in my opinion. Cause every, I think everybody that's been into the our kind of fashion at some point has been like, I'm a this guy. And then they do mm. it. And then four months in, you're like, mm, Shit. I need to be a different guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think it's actually the commitment that's harder than anything. Or you just have to I be agree. like, this is just a piece of me that I don't care about so much. So I'm just going to make one decision yeah. and be done. Well, I think about like when you guys first did that, that blue kit with the. Um, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> you know, like the Chevron sort of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I, when I got that. I probably it got to the point where like I was having dinner with my mom and she was like, "Hey, tonight we're going to dinner. Can you please not wear that again?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "I've only seen you like three times or four times in the last six months," and she was like, "Yeah, but you've worn the same thing." It's yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's just that kit with a white late uh, the lady white t shirt in like white or like that kind of off white color, and my Hendersheim like. The ones with the Doc Martin silhouette. Yeah. And like, yeah, that, that was it. Like that. that was That's a like, good kit. It's a great I mean, kit. We were, this is like, kit. this is how we've always thought about like a lot of like the collaborations and things we've done is like Chase and I both really like the idea of like dressing in a kit. Like, because I think that like in the same way that Steve Jobs did it so that like he cut down on his line of thinking or whatever. It, the nice thing about it is if you if you pull the decision fatigue away, I'm just like I'm just gonna wear the blue kit. That's its own. At, I think at this point, it's a fashion statement to be to be honest. To be wearing because a matching you don't, top and bottom. You don't see it too often anymore. And you put it with a cool pair of shoes, and then all you have to do is just be like, I'm just gonna put it with this. I'm just gonna pick out the shoes that go with it, nice, and then and then cool. Like it's I put no thought into it, but it's also like it's very considered at the same yeah, time. Love it. And yeah. it's like it's just an easy way to like. It's honestly like in my opinion, like the easiest way to like become fashionable very quickly. It's yeah. kind of like, and I just think I that agree. like suits and everything feels so stuffy and they're hard to get right for every individual person. Workwear is not. It's meant to kind of fit everyone about the same and be this simple and easy. Yeah. And it, you can wear it hard. The, the, the materials are so that you can actually beat up. Like the goal is to like not, don't think about it so much. Like, yeah. and, 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 you know, in, I still don't ever think that like, I'm not, I'm not pro the, 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 the decision. I mean, I, unless you're the right kind of person to like go with only one thing always, I just think it's too tough to commit to. And I, I think people mm-hmm. got to cut themselves some slack yeah. and then, you know, I, I also am just interested in clothes, so I, I could never fully commit. Yeah. So it, Although so I wear hard. that, I wear that new, that EG kit now I wear, <laughs> it's like my, my go-to. Yeah. Did you do black or blue, Dan? I did black. I mean, I, I rock the kit with. Usually a T-shirt and like uh, a hoodie. By the way, yeah. I've, been, I've been cropping. I, I actually the I've been cutting off that waistband on every yeah, one of yeah, the yeah. the canoe club wear, Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing the like OG black canoe club sweatshirt that like yeah. bleeds ink everywhere. It, yeah, I know what you're oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know about? Yes, I do. Know. Like, yep. it, it's uh, I and I love it. I, but it wasn't until I cut that ribbon off the bottom that i was like okay now this is actually like really fits well yeah but i just throw on that the eg kit a lady white tease whatever sweatshirts floating around and i either wear like my uh pair of boots or um i have those pf flyers the sandlot bl- yeah, all black yeah. PF flyers, uh-huh. and that's it 
I mean, but that's like my... you're doing it exactly how we thought about it. Yeah, so that kicks absolutely. ass. And I, know, and I know you're very considered. So like that that means a lot that we right. we must have we did something right in the line of thinking there yeah. at some point. Yeah, I'm just ready. I'm just ready for the next one. Yeah, it's well, in it's in the works. If yeah, it, yeah? to, to you tease got... you and other people. Hell yeah! I mean, that's uh, oh yeah. The other shirt I got was that uh, that Orslo with the patches I just got recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wore that um, when I was over the holidays, and I got a lot of compliments. On yeah, that. Dan's got all shit. he's got all all the heat, all the collabs and shit. You definitely at least got first look at almost everything. Yeah, I I've, I've been I've been lucky enough to. Uh, to have sort of a, a first look at a few things and yeah <laughs> the only one i didn't get was the uh the green version of the kit you're wearing right now yeah just uh, just didn't just passed on the green i just passed on the green i um, definitely feel it's a little when because i do it a lot it's not uncommon for me to do it like two or three days in a row just it's, it's what's on my floor when i go to bed and i just get yeah. up and put it on you know what i mean it's just there uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely more military. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's gotta, it's I, I won't wear the camo hat. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. You said what's on my floor. Yeah. When you, I think Timothy, you're probably like me. I get undressed. Everything's got its spot. Goes back on the hanger. Everything. You just Absolutely. chase Absolutely. drop your stuff on the floor and. I lately have been wearing my stuff. Uh, unless it's a particular piece, like for instance, I around the house will go through cycles where I'm wearing clothes intentionally in the house to get them worn and shit. But more often than not, yeah, I have like a section in front of our dresser where uh, I'll at least like I'll at least have these blue fatigues on on all night, and then I either go home and while I'm chatting with Michan, catching up on the day, I'm putting it all away neatly as you said, or I'm not going to get changed right when I get home if it's something that I'm not worried about sitting on the couch and, you know, getting dog hair on and shit. And then when the time's to go to bed, I kind of just take it off and throw it neatly to the ground. Yeah, you can't throw something neatly on the ground. I just do a lightly <laughs> a light toss so that it falls flat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. The thing is the thing is what it is is I I feel jealous of chasing that I am not I am very precious with things. Like I buy things and then don't wear them yeah. for like months sometimes oh, I'm until I'm ready. Way. Um or there's like a special occasion that I've yeah. de- for, and yeah. for no reason and I have a bunch of clothes that quite frankly sit there because I wear a vintage more than anything because yeah. it's already beat up. So like yeah. I have the, 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 the jealous feeling of, I wish I could be that way, but yeah. I am not. I mean, I go home and then I take everything off and neatly fold it, put it where it needs to course, go. I reorganize yeah. the closet about once a week yeah. and <laughs> I get very like organized. It's organized by like color and style and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I don't enjoy it nearly as much. I enjoy the archiving and collecting. Yeah. And, you like to have the things. Yeah. Whereas I like, I need it to be worn. Like but I think that. it looks cooler that way. Yeah. Like oh, it totally, looks better. Totally. When, totally. Yeah. And I feel more, like uh, for instance, the 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 I'm Orslo coverall from this season. One. Wait, Dan, did you get the Indigo Orslo coverall with the corduroy collar? The, yeah, the loose fit one that, that has yeah. the size one, two, or three. Yeah, no, I got. It. I, I, yeah, I remember that night I came in, you were wearing, it, and you're like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start gardening in this thing. Yes, so I did. I did that. That that I, you are I, fucking. Oh, I, that to me, I wish I could do that. I just, I just. The thing is, is I'm gonna I garden know. in this. It would break my heart if if I got it and I was like, no, I'm gonna keep it perfect forever, and then inevitably it wears, and it'll just break my heart. It's easier just to it's mine forever. It's undoubtedly mine because I've got a bunch of shit on it. You know what I mean? Like, 
I will. That'll be my garden and my and my work stuff because I didn't think it was warning enough. And just the other day, we got in this shelving unit that I put up in our bathroom. Um, we replaced like a, another thing. So I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So I went and put the jacket on so that I had the pockets and I could do all the things that had to happen. I mean, I am so jealous of that. I envy <laughs> your ability to do that. I'm like Timothy. I mean, I've got like capital stuff in my closet that I have never worn. <laughs> Yeah, but you got it, and it's neatly hung, it's just, and it yeah, looks nice. It's neatly hung. It's perfect. I can turn yeah. around. It probably still has the tag on, like, mm-hmm. most of the stuff I have. That, yeah. like, And I could turn around and tell it would be fine. But it's just something about, like, I, it, it's almost – it's a it's the opposite of, like, you're like, I want to beat this, this stuff to shit, and, like, it's going to be mine. And I'm like – and, Timothy, you're probably similar. It's like, well, I don't want to fuck this up. Like – it's it's perfect right now. So yeah, I yeah. wear it to this event or this dinner, whatever it might be. There's a chance somebody might spill a drink on me or do this or whatever. Yeah. Or it'll get caught in the door and exactly. Or 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 buddy, you 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 need to load something into the back of your car, and while you're leaning into that back door, you know there's some schmutz on the door jam, and it gets on your pant leg, and you're like, great, I fucking had these for three months, I didn't wear them, and now look at it. Now it's got this thing. But from my perspective, it's like, all right, well, I already got a bunch of shit on it because I've been wearing them around the house anyway, and so my I'll just give it a wash, and then we'll see what happens. Is that I'm doing what you do, Dan? Like it's hard for me to pop tags, to be honest with you. I just like to yeah. like own it and then go, and then, oh yeah, it's in oh, there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, but what? But so, but then I will turn around and buy basically the same thing off of eBay that's vintage with that's beat up with a bunch of shit all over it, and go, <laughs> I'll wear that? this one every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, just do the thing in the other yeah, one. Yeah, I understand yeah. my line of thinking, but it's. I don't know. I don't think we're going to get to the bottom no, of it on not, this podcast. No, no, no. no. We're going to need I'll, a therapist, too. Yeah. But. And the crazy thing is I'm the same way with my shoes. And, like, they need to be worn outside on the on the ground. Yeah. And you're, and you're uh, on you the wish ground. You, could, you wish you could hover. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could hover. Like, I'm I'm, the, I'm the, coming home and, like, cleaning my shoes a little bit. You know, remember those, um, those hokas you guys had? I guess they were the EG ones. They were like the the oh yeah 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 yep. that like were a little furry. Yeah. So I've worn them probably three times since you guys made. I don't know what are those three yeah. four years old. Yeah. Like those those are those have been around for a while. I've had them in my closet. I've worn them maybe three or four times. Yeah. I went to New York for New Year's uh, to the to the fish run at MSG, and I was like, I'm going to be standing on my feet four nights in a row for yeah. hours. I need something comfortable, and I was kind of sure. looking around my closet. I was like. Fuck, I guess I'm going to do the hokas. All right. So I wore those hokas that I've worn three, maybe four times in three years. I wore them four nights in a row at a fish show. And you know what? I felt so good about it. Yeah. It was I mean, like, no, I feel that. Once at you first, break like, I was like, the, the, this, this gal next to me was kind of dancing and she like kind of spilled her beer. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, now I got to step in that and I'm going to get beat yeah. up. <laughs> but you know what? Ruined. Yeah, they're ruined, but hell, and they got so much more comfortable over time. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, bro, I've got a pair of fresh ass. uh, I mean, they've been worn a handful of times. Leather van slip-ons, black, just the standard skate versions. And like one of the first things I'll do, bro, I get to work and I've got them on that first day. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm like kind of stepping on my feet. You know what I mean? Just kind of stepping on my feet, rubbing them around. I would take them off and put them to the side while I work and then put them back on when it was time to walk. (laughs) Absolutely. My dad told me when he was growing up, 
it was like really not cool to have clean shoes. So he was like, as soon as I got like a new pair of shoes and he would take them out to like outside and like rub them in the dirt, like yeah. literally turn them upside down and rub them in the dirt and like make them dirty because love that. You didn't want to show up at school with like a new I pair. I don't of love that. Look like a fucking nerd and a fresh pair of shoes. Yeah. You, like who, like he did uh, back then, I guess that was like, you know, in the sixties, like that was just, wasn't cool. Yeah. Like that dirty kid from Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Pig pen. The dusty one. <laughs> I yeah. identify close to Pigpen. Yeah. <laughs> you do have kind of a <laughs> Pigpen. Yeah, you yeah. do have. Yeah. I ain't dirty, but I'm not not like Pigpen. He might so. be a little dusty though. Yeah. <laughs> a little dusty. Dan, it's been a real pleasure, man. I mean, we do this all the time. This is why we knew you'd be a great yeah. guest, but because we do this when we see you. But it feels but, like the hours I spend just standing around in the studio or at the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. I mean, well, we appreciate you coming on and, and talking your stuff, and uh, yeah. you know, it, it, we'll we'll do it again sometime. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for the time. Thanks for having me. And of course, man. What, what should what should we shout out? I mean, obviously Finkel and Garf. Anything else going on? Yeah, I got a, I got a new company that I'm doing with some of my buddies from Venmo uh, called Jelly. Um, if anybody listens to this and wants to check it out, uh, go to jellyjelly.com. J e l l y j e l l y dot com. Uh, you can get on our wait list. Uh, we're going to open it up for uh, beta use here probably in the next, like, three to five weeks. Um, cool. It's a really kind of new and cool product that we're developing all around uh, communication and and a lot of the cool things that have sort of come out in the world with AI and how we can sort of elevate people's daily conversations using AI that's not in your face AI. It just sort of happens in the background um, yeah. so that it can like improve your efficiency and, and make your life better. And, you know, if you have really cool conversations with people or, you know, you want like stories from your grandparents or something like you use this tool and it can, uh, this product and it can, it can sort of save that and archive it and you have it forever. So you've shown our, this, this a bit and it's very, fucking yeah, we're, cool, we're going to so. try to use yeah. it here internally here yeah. at canoe club. I think there's some ways that it can help with information lost between having a meeting and then yeah. getting the work done. I think that we definitely, so yeah. anyway, point being it's, seriously, it's, if yeah, you, it's super cool. cool. It's yeah. super cool. We're going to do some, we got a lot of really cool things in the works. We're actually looking right now at doing like, taking sort of like the communities on uh, on like Slack and Discord, like how they've done it and seeing how we can co- sort of like do it in our way, which is hopefully a little less confusing and more like user-friendly in that you can just sort of like bullshit and it just takes care of the rest. Like we can do it yeah. all for you rather than you have to figure out like, like in your Discord, you guys have all those different channels, which is great. But like imagine if you just do it, like type and talk or do whatever and we just took care of that for you. And you don't have to worry about where something mm. goes and how it formats or whatever. We just are smart enough and, and can figure it yeah. out for you. And if you want to change it, you obviously could. But like for the yeah. most part, we hope to get it right. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll Chase, let's let's connect and I'll come in or we'll do it from afar next week. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, those of you that are listening that want to get on the wait list and see a new product from uh, – a bunch of the guys that built Venmo, uh, check out jellyjelly.com uh, and sign up on our wait list. Hell yeah. And Go drink Finkel and, and Garfield. And drink, yeah. Have a, have a beer while you're signing up. 
There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Double down on Dan. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, well, I'm I sure we'll see you around. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. you, man. I'll, I'll come by on Friday and bring and, and fill up that fridge. Yeah, oh, sounds yeah. good. Appreciate you, man. All right, guys. I appreciate right. your time. We'll Thank talk you. soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah.